king of the Jews? Asked the wise men when they came to Jerusalem after a long journey in danger and struggle and just seeking the king. Where is the king of the Jews? Eventually they found him in Bethlehem. If they'd come 30 odd years later and asked that same question, where is the king of the Jews? What would they have been told? They would have said, the king of the Jews, he's dying right now. He's hanging on a cross just outside of town on a hill called Golgotha. Where is the king of the Jews? He's the one in the middle. He's got a crown of thorns on his head. And if you have any other doubts, you get closer to watch him dying. There's a little sign that will be tacked on the top of his cross. And it says, the king of the Jews. That's where you'll find him dying for our sins. This sermon series we're really excited about. We're focusing on the king of the Jews, on King Jesus. And on the midst of all the uncertainty in our world, whether it's elections, pandemics, possible shutdowns, possible who knows what in 2021, we're going to focus on the king, that he is the king. He's been the king forever. He created the world. He created you. He died for our sins. He's coming again. And what are you feeding your soul on? If we're feeding our soul on social media, on the news, on the internet, and just all the fear, 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 uncertainty, uncertainty, anxiety. I mean, that's what your soul is going to reflect. But this morning, we just want to dive in and just look at scripture after scripture on he's the king. He's still the king. Seek the king. Worship the king. Give your heart to the king. Trust in the king. So let your heart be merry this Christmas. Let's pray to start off. Lord, I just pray that you'd speak to each and every one of us. Watching online, here in person, speak to our hearts. Fill us with peace that you are our king and we need not fear. You are our king. We can be forgiven. You are our king. Our lives have purpose and meaning. You are our king. Nothing is too difficult for you. Help us to worship you. Um, open our hearts to receive your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus is the king. He is the king. King meaning it's a different type of word than president. It's a different type of word than prime minister. What do you think of when you think king? You think election? Who are you voting for? Are you voting for the king or not? Well, they're... There uh, actually isn't anyone else running against the king. There's no recounts. There's no election. There's no re-election campaign. You can imagine you lived in the kingdom. I mean, well, there'd be no more negative political ads ever because the king is the king. And he's never, there's no riots. There's no protests. He's just the king. He's always been, always will be, reign without end. With a king, I mean, it's, you serve him or you don't. You obey him or not. You bend the knee or you don't. You bow down and worship or you don't. He's the king. He's the king of kings. Revelation 19.16 says this, upon the return of Jesus Christ to the, to the earth, 
On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Jesus is the King of Kings. A few days ago at Thanksgiving, I was with my wife's family down in Southern Indiana. My niece has a six-year-old son named Trey. And Trey evidently wanted to assert his authority. We had been playing some games with him and wrestling around. And then the adults, we were going to play a game. And he suddenly stood up and said, I'm the boss coach. I'm the boss coach, meaning everyone listen to me. And evidently, even at six years old, he had heard the word boss and figured, well, you know, a boss, he tells people what to do. And he'd heard the word coach. And well, yeah, coach gets to tell people what to do also. So he's just thought in a six-year-old mind, well, if I weld boss to coach and say boss coach, everyone's going to listen to me. Well, I mean, and I told him like, Trey, you should try. What about president boss coach? And he didn't really like that. I think it was too many syllables for him. So what about chief boss coach? I mean, everyone really listened to you. He liked that one better, but... Then he just said, I'm the boss coach. And uh, he had that locked in as his identity. In a similar fashion, Jesus is not just the king. He is the king of kings. He's not just the Lord. He's the Lord of lords. There is no one else. He is the president of all presidents, the prime minister of all prime ministers. You cannot go any higher And so we, as Christians, we need to live in this reality that, sure, we've got presidents, we've got prime ministers, we've got heads of the European Union, leaders of this or that, but we live in this reality that we serve the king of kings, that there's a greater ruler of all who's overall in his power has no end, no limit, And that that's who we trust to. That's who our full confidence is. That's why we can let our hearts be merry this Christmas because he's the king of kings. And the king of kings is about authority. And so when we ask, where is the king of Jews in your life this Christmas? We're asking, is he your authority? Is he your boss coach? Is he the Lord? Do you bend the knee? Is he the one you obey, the one that you serve, the one that you fall down and worship. Your joy is in obedience to the King of Kings. Your happiness this Christmas, your peace is in bending the knee. Whatever God's word says, that's what I'm going to do for my King because I serve the King of Kings. We can never serve two masters. It's only going to be one or the other. Jesus is going to be my, your Lord, your King, or he's not. And if he's King, that means we obey. And that's where our joy is in obedience to the King of Kings. He's also the King of glory. Psalm 24, beginning in verse 7, says this. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. 
What do you think of when you hear the word glory? Did you see that shot? Did you see that new car he was driving? Did you see that catch? Did you see that play? Did you see what she was wearing? Did you see that, that sunrise, that sunset? What do you think of when you hear the word glory? Don't you think of something beautiful, something amazing, something jaw-dropping? Jesus Christ is the king of glory. And if you could see him on the cross, if you can imagine him coming forth from the, the tomb, conqueror over death, when one day he returns, there will be nothing else that you have ever seen in this life that will compare to him. He will blow you away. Your mind cannot conceive. Whatever, whatever fills in your mind when you think of the word glory, he's going to blow it away. We can try to reach in our human imaginations, but Jesus, the King of Kings, will be still more glorious, more beautiful, more amazing, more jaw-dropping than anything that you have ever seen. He's the King of glory. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. He's powerful. He's the greatest thought that you could think. He's the greatest thing your, your imagination can come up with. And our response, the king of glory, you want to talk about it. You want to think about it. You want to stay enraptured. And so if he's the king of glory this Christmas in your life, it's I love you. You're the greatest. You're the holiest. You're the most wonderful. You're the most amazing. The most amazing thing is not what's going to happen. The most amazing thing is not about how the presidential election is going to work itself out. The most amazing thing is not what's the economy going to do with all this going on. The most amazing thing is still the king of glory. The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. He's the king of glory and he's the king of the nations. Jeremiah 10 says this in verse six. There's none like you, O Lord. You are great and your name is great. Who would not fear you? O king of the nations, for this is your due. For among all the wise ones of the nations and all their kingdoms, there's none like you. But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting king. At his wrath, the earth quakes and the nations cannot endure his indignation. He is the king of the nations. We often think of him in a, in a personal sense, my king, but he's also the king of all and every nation. Kids are in here this morning. Um, kids or adults can participate, but someone, name a nation, call out a nation. Anyone, kids, shout a nation. Jesus is the king of Saudi Arabia. Another nation. Give me a nation. I had a kid in the first service shout out, California. <laughs> He's king of the country of California. He's king of Mexico, king of Ecuador. He's king of nations that we would consider our, our allies. He's king of France, king of Italy, king of Poland, king of Germany. What about nations that are 
perhaps our enemies or rivals. Is he the king of North Korea? The king, king of China, king of Iran, king of Russia? He's king of them all. He's king of America. He's king of countries that are maybe post-Christian. Is he king of Muslim countries too? Is he king of Buddhist countries? He's king of all the nations. If you read the Bible, you'll see in the Bible that he's king. Um, Everyone's going to give an account personally before Jesus. Every, Every one of us is going to stand before the Lord one day and give an account. And if you read the Bible, you also see that nations give an account to Jesus. It doesn't take very long, especially you look at Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, you open it up and about every other page, it's Egypt or Ethiopia or Israel or or Babylon. Every nations are judged. Nations and their leaders will stand before the Lord one day. Both individuals and countries will give an account to the king of kings one day. He's king of the nations. Let your heart be merry this Christmas because he's still the king. There's nothing going on in any nation that's catching him by surprise that he didn't see coming. He's ruler over it all. And in the end, he's coming back. He's king of kings and he will be the visible ruler one day. He's king of the nations. Verse six starts off, there's none like you, O Lord. You are great and your name is great in might. God has no equal. There's no one to compare to him. He alone is the king of the nations. There's none like you, O Lord. You are great and your name is great in might. One of the many reasons that you and I need to read our Bible on a daily basis is so we come across, we're, we're faced, we're hearing all this noise about Shutdowns, uh, lockdowns, quarantines, succession, inaugurations, electoral college. I mean, all this noise, all this perhaps fear-inducing, anxiety-producing, ratcheting up things in our souls, multiplying our anxieties, But one of the many reasons it's so important to read the Bible for ourselves each day is when we read things like, there's none like you, O Lord, you are great and your name is great in might. You are great and your name is great in might. Let your heart be merry, be confident, have joy, have peace because there's none like the king. You are great and your name is great. Who would not fear you, O king of the nations? But the Lord, verse 10, is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting king. At his wrath, the the earth quakes and the nations, no matter how great and mighty those nations are, the nations cannot endure his indignation. When the king comes, the the nations are going to hide. Every nation will crumble before the king of kings, the king of glory, the king of the nations. He's the king of the nations and he's the king of Israel. Isaiah 44 says this, thus says the Lord, the king of Israel and his redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first 
and I'm the last. Besides me, there is no God. Who is like me? Let him proclaim it. Let him declare it and set it before me since I appointed an ancient people. Let them declare what is to come and what will happen. Fear not, nor be afraid. Have I not told you from of old and declared it? And you are my witnesses. Is there a God besides me? There is no rock. I know not any. He's the king of glory. He's the king of the nations. He's the king of Israel. He is our redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I mean, the Lord of myriads of angels. He's already got his army greater than any army ever known. He's the Lord of hosts, the first and the last, the only real God. There is no one like Jesus. And to him, you and I must always come every day. Every day we come to the King of kings, the King of glory, the King of Israel. Who is like him? Let him proclaim it. No one one can. Let him declare and set it before me since I appointed an ancient people. Let them declare what is to come and what will happen. You could, 2020 is proof, if ever we needed anyone, that men and women do not have things under control. That any expert in any field, political, medical, science, whatever, no one's got it, right? How many times have prediction after prediction after prediction about whether it's the economy, whether it's COVID, whether it's the election, whether it's every 2020 is proof that men and women are just about always wrong. They're great in hindsight, always wrong in the future. In this passage, Jesus, the king of Israel, he's always right. He's like, who knows the future? I do. And I'm the only rock. I'm the only God. There's no one besides me. Do not put your trust in experts in this field or experts in that field. There's only me. If you're going to have peace and be, let your heart be merry this Christmas, there is no other rock for you to have full assurance and peace in. He is the king. While we don't know the future, he's still going to be God and he has the future in his hands. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. He's the king of the nations. So rest in him. Verse eight, fear not, nor be afraid. Have I not told you from of old and declared it? And you are my witnesses. Is there a God besides me? There is no rock. I know not any. This Christmas, let your confidence, your peace be in King Jesus alone. Fear not and do not be afraid. No matter how uncertain your personal life, no matter how uncertain your future, no matter how uncertain the world looks, he is still the rock. Jesus is the king. Seek the king. Take your cue from the wise men. I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 2, the familiar Christmas passage. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, 
Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are, bo- are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come, for- come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. The wise men, we don't know that there were three. Traditionally, it says there are three because there are three gifts, but there could have been two, could have been four, could have been six. We don't know. We do know that wise men, this word would mean that they were men of substance, men of learning and education, men of means, men who were determined to make a long journey, to make a financial sacrifice, to take the sacrifice of time, to go through whatever dangers, whatever hazards, whatever difficulties to seek this king and to bring a a precious treasure of incense, of myrrh, a precious perfume, frankincense, and precious gold, valuable gold, priceless gold, and to set it before this king, this child. Saddle up, boys. Let's go find the king. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this. The Lord says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. For Jesus to be your king in a new and refreshing way this Christmas, what are you willing to do? Are half measures and half-hearted attempts worthy of the king of glory? Are, well, I tried it, it didn't work. The promise is, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. The verse that Josh mentioned last week talked about that he's not far from each one of us, and that we were created to seek him in Acts 17. That God wants to be found by you. But what's good for you and I as human beings is to seek, to search for him. Not in any kind of half-hearted way, but to seek him with all our heart. Some type of desperation is often necessary in our lives. Whether seeking a job, seeking a friendship, trying to get a good grade. Some type of desperation that I need to do this and it's going to take some effort is often necessary and good for us. It's the way God made us. The promise is still valid for this Christmas 2020. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. 
And I pray that for every one of us, that we seek him every day. We seek him in new ways this, this Christmas. Wherever we're at in our relationship with God, whether he seems far away, whether he seems distant, whether he seems near, that we just go for God. He's the king. And plus, he's where our peace is, where our confidence is, where our hope is, where our joy is, more than anything else. What are you going to do? Where is the king of Jews, the king of the Jews in your life this Christmas? Will you seek him with all your heart? Find your joy in him. Renew your spirit. Rediscover Jesus this Christmas. Seek the king. Worship the king. Matthew 2.11, then the very next verse says, And going into the house, they, the wise men, saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. That's what you do before a king. You fall down and you worship. And they, then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now, I don't know if any of you have thought about this. I do find a little bit of humor in this. What's a baby going to do with a bunch of gold? What's a baby going to do with a bunch of cologne? The baby in the crib and like, here's, here's a lifetime supply of the best male cologne pff, in the crib. Have fun with that. Remind me of like my kids when you give them gifts and they'd be tearing open the, the wrapping paper and wait a second, they just keep playing with the wrapping paper. They think the wrapping paper is, is the best part of that gift. And so I often think, what, what was it? But yet these men were not going to give a toy to baby Jesus. This, these were gifts fit for a king. The precious incenses of, of frankincense and myrrh, the precious gold, gifts fit for a king. So the point for us is this Christmas, what will we bring to the king? What did he die for? He died for our souls. That the greatest gift that you could give to him this Christmas is your soul, your heart, your life. Present to him your body, everything about you that you give yourself to the king of kings. And you are invited you are invited. You are encouraged. We are all encouraged every day that we give ourselves, that we live not for ourselves, but for the king of kings, that we live not for ourselves, but for the king of glory, the king of the nations, we serve a great king. I think what was in their hearts as the wise men fell down in worship, presenting him gold and frankincense and myrrh, I thought of Isaiah, of Psalm 145, where it says, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Coming back to verse 1. Says, I, I, f I feel like the, the wise must have had something like this in their hearts. I will exalt you, my God, the king. Here is my gold. I will exalt you, my God, the king. Here is my frankincense. I will praise your name forever and ever as I put this myrrh before you. It's personal. My God, the king. 
I must give you my life. I must seek you. I must worship you. That you and I were created to have a personal relationship with Jesus. And so when we come to him, it's right and appropriate and fitting that you say, my God, the king, my God, the king, I will praise you forever and ever. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Because when we praise him, let your heart be merry this Christmas. You want to watch all the turmoil in the world? Let your heart be full of anxiety. But when you let these words sink into your heart and spirit from the scriptures, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. What type of attitude are you going to walk off to work with, with letting that sink into your spirit? Great is the Lord, in verse 3, and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. What difference is that going to make as you walk out the door every morning? I think it's Psalm 47 where it says, Clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. For the Lord, the Most High, is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. Let us worship the king this, this Christmas, a great king over all the earth. Let the earth be still. Let the earth be silent. He's still the king, king of glory, the king of nations, the king of Israel. What difference might it make for you on a daily basis as you drive away from home? Shout to God with loud songs of joy for the Lord, the most high is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. Let that thought be preeminent. King of kings, Lord of lords, honor the king this Christmas. Worship the king, honor the king. You know, Easter is never very far behind Christmas. The cross always has to be close to the cradle. John chapter 19 says this, now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He, Pontius Pilate, said to the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. If you could go back in time to that day, in that moment where you're in the crowd, would you say, no, don't crucify him. Stop. Don't crucify him. I hope not. We would all have to join in and say, yes, crucify him. Because unless he dies, you and I have to die for our own sins. The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle on a cross. We would have had to join the crowd. Yes, away with him. 
Kill Jesus. We honor the king this Christmas, for he had to die. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory, dying on a cross, may come in. Who is this king of glory who hangs on the cross, the crown of thorns, the Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle? John 19 continues. So they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him two others, one on either side and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. The wise men said, where is he who was born king of the Jews? And the sign said, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Ever in our hearts, we must praise him. Psalm 145, I will exalt you, my God, the king, the king of the Jews born Christmas night, the king of the Jews hanging on a cross. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Let us love the king. Let us worship the king. Let us seek the king. Let us obey the king. Baby Jesus, born to have a crown of thorns placed upon his head. And ask the worship team to come forward at this time. Where is the king of the Jews in your life today? Where is he? Is he somewhere amongst a multitude of priorities? Is, is Jesus somewhere among a dozen loves in your life? Who's giving the orders in your life? If you're stagnant, if you're stale, if you're wandering, what a great time of year to seek him with all your heart amidst the, the gloom and the winter weather, amidst all that's going on. This is a great day to say, Jesus, be my king, whether for the first time or whether you say it anew. Let's just bow our heads. I just want to give you a chance to, to respond today in a tangible way. If this Christmas, 2020, between you and the Lord, you want to just come back to him, just bow your head, just with everyone with, bow head, with bowed heads. You're saying, Jesus, you just want to be uh, forgiven of sins. You want to have dryness, staleness washed out of your heart. 
You want, you're just uncertain. You're struggling with faith for whatever reason, but today you just say, Jesus, I want to seek you anew. I want you to be the king of my life. Just raise your hand. No one's, everyone's head bowed. Just, just between you and the Lord. If you do you good, just to have a tangible sign, a tangible expression, just lift your hand up to the Lord as a sign between you and him that you want to seek him anew this Christmas. Just put your hand up just for a few moments, then put it back down as a sign just between you and the Lord that you want to seek him anew this Christmas. Yes, Lord, we seek you. Renew us all. Let us praise you every day. King of kings, king of glory, king of all, Lord, we worship you. We thank you for your death on the cross. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.